Hey friends, it's Carissa, the UFCBM communications intern and pre-vet student. Working in VetMed means working with people. Developing skills to communicate and work well with staff, clientele, and the community is not a skill that can be ignored under the pretense of only working with animals. Soon you'll hear from two of our own DVM candidates, Arati Papanikis and Julian Terciano, as they share how they hone these skills. Welcome to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, and I am really excited about our topic today, interpersonal relationships. As you know, in this season, we're talking about the people skills from the VEMCAST letters of recommendation. We're having veterinarians. We're having non-vets on the show. And today, I have two fantastic DVM candidates, Arati Papanakanas. Arati, how do you say your last name? <laughs> Papanikas. Arati Papanikas and Julian Terciano. Did you like that? Was that yes, good? that was very Italian. Yeah. Uh, these are two students in the class of 2026. Uh, Julian has served as my TA before. Arati has taken uh, one of my undergrad classes. They are best friends, wouldn't you say? Yes. Would you say that you, as they say in sync, <laughs> would you say that you have a good grasp on interpersonal relationships from your own relationship, but also the relationships of your peers? A hundred percent. Definitely. You can see, find these two at lots of social events in their class. You can find them organizing social events, whether it's from volleyball games to outings to karaoke. Uh, these two really do understand, I think, the value of friendship and relationships, which is why I had them on the show today. Before we start, will you both tell me where you went to undergrad, what was your major, and what type of vet you think you want to be? Um, I went to UF for undergrad. Um, my major was animal science, and currently I am interested in ECC uh, and exotics, but I am still very open-minded. I also went to UF for undergrad, go Double Gators. I was also an animal science major and currently fairly set on small animal GP, but have to be open-minded as they say. So had you both on to talk about the importance of interpersonal relationships, to talk about the importance for, for like mental health and wellness in vet school, but also networking, business, um, relationships outside of the veterinary field. But the first thing I want to start with is why do y'all think you've been in vet school for now more than a semester? Why do you think interpersonal relationships would even be on the VEMCAS application? Why is it so important? In general, you're going to be interacting with 150 students on a daily basis, whether you're in class, on Zoom, interacting with professors. It is something that's going to be a part of your daily life now and when you go into the field. So it's really important to start those skills early. Julian, you've been a vet tech before vet school started. Yes. <laughs> uh, can you talk about like working as a technician, Why, wh like how interpersonal relationships kind of came out as a tech? Uh, yeah, so I think it's really important because you want to be able to like build a rapport with like your clients and just build a relationship where they can trust you, but also like be able to like lean on you for support and for help like in situations that they need. I've had multiple experiences where clients like would like want me as their tech just because we've had like a we built a rapport and we had a good relationship where I was able to like really listen to what they had to say and like really gear my uh, techniques towards like their uh, issues that they had with their animals. Oh, good example. That's a great, like word of mouth is so important in vet med. Having a technician, a doctor, a practice that you would recommend to somebody else that you want to go to, somebody that's like really good, who is good at making, forming relations is so important because it is a people profession. 
Talk about your experiences so far with working with people in different scenarios, either as a tech, in a, in a clinic, in the veterinary classroom. What kinds of relationships can these folks, pre-vets, expect to form? Some of the relationships you might have already experienced as an undergrad or high schooler or wherever you may be in life is working on an executive board or in a leadership position. That's something that both Julian and I were heavily involved in an undergrad, and it's continued into um, vet school. So whether you want to be an officer or just a member of a club, working on a team and developing ideas for whether it be a social event or an, a professional networking event, these are people you have to get used to interacting with, whether you like them or not. Thankfully, we like our classmates, but um, in the event that you didn't, or regardless of how you feel towards someone, you have to work together to work towards a common goal. When you come into like a class as class of 2026, we were a little bit of a bigger class than normal. So like being able to just be like thrown in on orientation day to like all these big personalities, like different personalities too. some like more shy, some like me that are just very outgoing, ready to meet everybody, get along. Uh, I think it's very important to like know your audience and like know who you're getting into once you get to know them. So that way you're able to like, you know, become friends with them as they are your future colleagues for the rest of your life. Oh, absolutely. So interpersonal relationships is like kind of a very existential topic to talk about, right? Like how do you know if somebody's good at this? When a recommender sits down to score you on a scale of excellent to poor for interpersonal relationships, like how are they even scoring you? And my thought is there are different qualities that might play into this. So we're going to go ahead and list some that we think someone should have to have strong interpersonal relationships. So I'll start and I'm just going to say like, strong nonverbal communication, like maybe making sure that you have like open body language and your face looks friendly and inviting and you, 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 people see you and they feel like they can approach you. Julian, what do you think could be a part for interpersonal relationships? Uh, I would say personality is like a big one. So, and when you say personality, are we saying like, like positive or welcoming? What do you think? Uh, I would say a combination of like positive welcoming and just like being like a big friendly smile to like know that like they're just there to like listen to you and like be there to like help you understand like what you want to do. Sure. I would say dependability is a very big one in general, but especially in vet med, knowing you're going to show up on time, ready and professional is very important. And I mean, of course, we have to mention just like oral communication skills. So someone who can hold a conversation, who can make a connection with their words, whether it's with a client, a coworker, a veterinarian, someone who's able to have a back and forth. I would also say being an active listener is really important. Yeah. What does active listening look like? Uh, it looks like, you know, you listen to somebody, but you're also able to like reiterate what they said back to you and make sure that you clearly understood what they were trying to relate to you. Totally. I would also add open-mindedness. You want to be flexible and willing to change your ways uh, if new information is presented to you, that you can do something either more efficiently or more professionally, whatever it may be, taking constructive criticism and applying it. Oh, I, that's a great one. I'm going to say trust. So it would be really hard to have a relationship with someone if I didn't trust them. When Audit Team mentioned dependability, now I can start to trust that person. That's going to help form a stronger relationship with them. Um, I would also say common interest is a big one. Like me and Aretti formed our friendship, I would say, on a lot of common interests like vet med, but also like our interest in like outside of vet med, like just being nice people, being people that want to like help society like progress into a more like positive direction. 
easygoing is another great quality because that means many people are able to relate to you, interact with you, and it, it opens your, whether it be client base or friendship base, and that's going to play a big role in vet med as well. So what if somebody is shy? I have to assume you all have some shy classmates. Is that accurate? Yes. yes. Yeah. So how do we think we would encourage the student who maybe relates with being a little bit more shy, maybe they don't approach others as much. How is that person gonna form stronger interpersonal relationships before applying to vet school? I would say having a strong sense of self and knowing affirmatively what your interests are and things that make you happy. A lot of our shyer classmates tend to make friends because they have very strong similar interests and that's definitely a way you can build relationships despite not being an over the top personality. Yeah, great advice because you might not approach somebody, but you might join a club where you have a similar interest. Everyone starts chatting. In a club, there's going to be icebreakers. There's going to be forced group activities and teamwork. And so that's a great way for shy folks to really build those interpersonal relations. Let's talk about relationships outside of vet med. So you both have families. Aditi, you're in a relationship, a long-distance relationship. Talk about how the skills that you've learned to build from now until vet school is helping keep those relationships alive. What kind of strategies can you encourage everyone else to have, um, things that they could be doing now to make sure that those relationships are still sustainable? Some of those folks maybe wrote you letters of rec and now you're in vet school. Like, How are you staying in contact with all these people? Um, I think the most important thing to do is like I always, especially for the people, the doctors that wrote me letters of rec and even the professors, uh, I always shoot them an email every couple months updating them on my life or shoot them a simple text being like, hey, like, hope you're doing well. Like, I'm just updating you. I finished my first semester of vet school. I actually just did that recently with one of my doctors that I worked with for years. And I texted her like this whole long thing about how like she taught me so much and how it was I learned a lot in vet school and how that related to like uh, what I can apply in, in the clinic in the future. To add to what Julian said, I think time management is the most important. If there are people in your life that bring you joy and you truly want to continue building that relationship with, whether it be a family or a significant other or just a friendship, if you make the time for it, you absolutely can continue to build that relationship and have a strong relationship despite being extremely busy with courses and other responsibilities. Both recommendations from these students to me mean intent. you have to be intentional. You have to intentionally set aside time for the people that you love who maybe in the past you had more time for. You have less time for them now, but you still want to set aside the time. And then for the people who have poured into you and given back to you, you're intentionally reaching out and letting them know you're still thinking about them, you care about them, and you appreciate them. So highly encourage everyone to take a second right now, shoot off an email or a text to somebody who has really poured into your life. Let's talk about maybe some of the don'ts for interpersonal relationships. So what do we think are some things that maybe you've experienced or you've seen that we should be encouraging people to avoid to keep their social circle and their social network positive and professional? I, would Jul- say- I just want everyone to know Julian jumped on it. He like really <laughs> leaned in. He was ready to go. Go ahead. Uh, I would say like a big thing is like don't be forceful. Like let it be natural. Let your personality, their personality shine. Like let them also for the shyer people too, like let them also talk. Like I know for me, I could have a big personality. I could be intimidating, but you need to, like I said, know your audience, know who you're talking to. Like me and Arati, we're very high personality, high driven people. But when we talk to, you know, some other people in our community, like we want to like know our audience and know that sometimes you have to take a step back and just be able to approach them in a way that they want to be approached. Oh my God. I have to pause. This to me is such high self-awareness. 
Because if I, and there are students in my class, God bless them, they're talkers. They want to make sure that they are heard. They've got something to say every time. And if I was looking at that student and then ranking their interpersonal relationships, I would not be ranking them as excellent because I would think this person is not thinking about how their steamrolling is affecting the rest of their class and their peers. So I really like this idea of letting other people talk, being aware of how much you're giving to the conversation and just letting other people shine. In a professionalism stance, um, there's going to be times, whether it be in a job or a leadership position, that maybe you're not enjoying that uh, position or you feel um, put down. There is a way to go about that without burning a bridge and remaining unprofessional that won't impact your future. If something is not benefiting you and it's not pouring into you positively, it's okay to step away. But when you're disassociating from that situation or relationship, going about it professionally is really important to ensure, you know, the vet med community is very small. People talk, people interact, and you don't want that to negatively impact you later because of a single interaction that you had. I mean, first impressions make a big difference, and then one negative interaction can really burn a bridge. We get it. Things happen. People have differing opinions, different backgrounds, experiences, totally. But approaching it from the most calm, understanding, empathetic way possible will really go a long way. You do not want to get the reputation of somebody who is disagreeable. What else? What else are some things that we want to avoid? I mean, I think we should probably establish vet med can be a very high stress situation and keeping those interpersonal relationships strong can be tricky. Before you get to vet school, you are definitely working in a clinic as a volunteer, a tech or an assistant. And you'll see you'll see the high stress. So you need to make sure that you're thinking about others, maybe assuming best intentions, right? If someone's having a bad day, we were just driving over here and someone gave us a really nasty side eye when we were coming up to the crosswalk. (laughs) And, um, you know, my first thought was like, well, they must be having a bad day. And that's really going to help me maybe chill out when I interact with that person next time. Because if I don't have that attitude, I'm going to come in thinking this person's super rude. Mm -hmm. Have y'all experienced the high stress of vet med and how it can affect relationships? Talk to me about that. Oh, yeah. So definitely from firsthand being a tech, I've seen like many of my coworkers or friends in the field like that that have forgotten when they're in a high stress situation, how to effectively communicate, whether it's with the doctor, whether it's with clients, whether it's with their own coworkers. But it takes like a lot of self-awareness to like put yourself out of the situation. And also, I think it relates to empathy. Like when you get frustrated, people can get frustrated with the situation at hand with if a a patient is not improving and getting frustrated with the client, with the doctor, with the treatment plan or et cetera, whatever the case may be. Um, And I think it's just important to make sure, you know, that they put themselves outside of their own shoes, put themselves inside somebody else's shoes and be like self-aware of the situation that the client's in. To add to that, I almost think that empathy and that sense of closeness comes from the fact that vet med is such a unique experience. Whether you're going through vet school or you're working in a vet clinic, it is very hard for someone outside of those experiences to relate to one another. So our classmates, we like to call it trauma bonding because we're all suffering through it together and getting through these long days. Um, At the end of the day, it's worth it. But, you know, we get almost a little too comfortable with each other and we forget that we're all people. We all have emotions. We all have different feelings that we're navigating in our own minds. So I think taking a step back, like Julian said, and just 
reminding yourself that before you approach someone in a situation that might be higher stress is really important. Hot topic. Do you think the internet and smartphones have made it better, worse, or the same for interpersonal relationship building? Because I obviously have an opinion. <laughs> that's that's a really good question. Uh, I would say from my personal experience, I'm not the biggest on social media, but from what I've seen like on TikTok and like stuff like Instagram and stuff like that, I think it potentially could make it worse just because like you could think something about interpersonal communications and how you do something, but then you see somebody else and you're like, oh, that's a good idea. Or, oh, that's a bad idea. But at the end of the day, interpersonal communication is such a broad topic that there's no like one way to do something. There's multiple ways to approach situations, but there's normally only a few intentionally good ways to like approach a situation so I think seeing other people and how they approach situations is good but at the same time it's bad because it shows you like that like like you start comparing yourself yeah like you start comparing yourself to like how other people deal with their relationships and interpersonal skills Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay so I hear you that it could be good because it could be you could get some ideas and examples and like a pace setter Okay, okay, but it could also be bad. Mm-hmm. Arati, what do you think? I, I do believe that smartphones and the internet have increased our frequency of interpersonal relationships because it's become a lot easier to shoot someone a quick text or forward them a video when you're thinking of them, which in a sense is great, but it's also decreased the quality in my opinion because it's easy to send a quick text or forward a video opposed to picking up the phone or seeing someone in person. And those are obviously a lot better ways to read someone's body language, their voice, everything. And that's a more increased quality of interaction, in my opinion. I'm glad you said quality because I'm hearing it It has become more quantity, potentially over quality for sure. I have seen that some students have a hard time making friends now because you just don't have to go out anymore to do that. A lot of people don't want to pick up the phone and have a phone conversation. There's a lot of anxiety around that. So I can see benefits for sure of social media and um, connecting with others in that way. Like I hear people all the time like, oh, it's the only way I'd ever see like, you know, pictures of my granddad. I'm like, well, clearly your granddad's not that important to you if you're never picking up the phone and calling them. No, I don't want to judge anybody's relationship with their granddads. But yeah, it has gotten a little bit trickier to make those connections. I want to talk about um, laughing together, right? So I think another piece of interpersonal relationships is how it's how you interact with others, but also your confidence and your interaction with yourself. So we were just laughing in the booth about Aditi had a little bit of a stumble with her words, and we all started laughing. And I thought to myself, if Aditi is not confident in who she is and our relationship together, she could take offense to this. You probably have had interactions with other folks where people get really sensitive to maybe like a joke or getting poked fun at. And so it's really important to also have the self-confidence, the uh, the trust in the relationship to know that these folks don't mean any malintent toward me. Um, you know, they're for me. They're on my team. Have y'all experienced anything like that or, or can talk to them about having the confidence in the relationships? Um, yeah, I 100%. I'm a big laugher, so I laugh at literally everything. It's the way I cope with things. Uh, so definitely sometimes I could come off too much. Like definitely with when I meet new people, sometimes I laugh too much just because I'm like, it's just my personality. I sometimes could be overbearing. But with like people like me and Areti that like have known each other for years now, like when we laugh, like we 
we're not making fun of each other. We're just laughing. And once we get in like a like a routine, like we can't stop laughing at this one thing for like 20 minutes when we're in there. And like when we're studying, like we would be laughing and it would just be like an hour of laughing. Julian and I have laughed at a joke for literally 20 minutes. And I think Aww. it's I think it's because I come from a Greek Italian background. He comes from an Italian Puerto Rican background. Like we come from big families who are very into laughing and making jokes with each other. So that's our personal background and I understand not everyone has that background, but that's our personal way of making life a little bit lighter. Yeah, I like the self-awareness that Julian has that he knows he's a laugher. And so maybe in a new situation, maybe he'd be aware of that and like either tell people like just a heads up, I'm a laugher, like I don't mean any offense or scales back in the laughter or is just confident in who he is and lets the laugh come. But the piece about demographic backgrounds and ethnicity is also so important because folks from different backgrounds do have different levels of like comfortability with their relationships. So I'm not I won't paint with broad brushes for any particular uh, demographic, but just think about maybe someone you know who has a different background than you. Maybe they have different levels of like personal space. Maybe they're a lot more comfortable just talking about things that might be TMI for other people. So keeping that in mind when you're interacting with others and giving them that benefit of the doubt and getting curious about that person and maybe asking why questions um, without putting them on the defense can really help you increase your interpersonal relationships with folks outside of your backgrounds. I want all the listeners to take a second and think about who is your circle of relationships right now? What does your support system look like? Do you have folks who are who you can call at any time if you're in need? Someone that you would share like victories with or defeats? Is does it go beyond your family? And it's not the number here. I don't need you to have 15 people that you're like, "Yes, I would call them if I was in a in a terrible accident." Like, no, no, no. But it's like the quality of those relationships. And if you find yourself thinking Mm, I don't really have as many as I would like or Ooh, I'm kind of on the I'm out on the outs with everybody right now. So take a second and reflect on why that is and how you can fix it. Have y'all had a time in life where maybe it was like kind of a valley season for interpersonal relationships? Aditi is, is saying yes. Do you want to sh- do you have things you could share with about that? Beginning of undergrad was a really hard time for me. I am extremely close to my family and my friends back home. So moving to a new place where I knew no one was a big stretch for me and a lot harder of a transition than I ever imagined. I came into college thinking everyone knew no one when in reality a lot of people knew people from back home. So I didn't have that same experience. But it quickly allowed me to join organizations and to reach out to new people. And I'm ultimately glad it happened, but it definitely was a hard time in life for me. So I can certainly relate to that. But like Alex said, there's never a point where you can't turn that around and change that. And especially in an environment where you have so many new and diverse people in front of you. I will say to tag along on that, like coming to undergrad, like you were going to school with like people for like 12 years, like in high school, middle school, elementary school. And then coming to undergrad was like a big change for me because like I said, I have a big personality. A lot of my friends, my family back home, like knew who I was, knew my big personality. They understood that I'm a laugher, like this and that. But coming to undergrad, I kind of had not that I changed myself, but I had to like tone it down a little to like like built I almost became like a like a little bit of an introvert for freshman year even though I'm a huge extrovert just because I was a little weary of like how am I gonna make friends like how am I gonna like 
build these relationships that I built for so many years back home. And then you just like are thrown in a new city and like expected to like make friends. It was a very stressful situation for me. But at the end of the day, like it worked out, like I met like a lot of great people that I even brought into vet school with me. So my biggest advice or biggest tip is to never give up and don't change yourself, but just be really self-aware of like when you're put in and thrown into a new situation or new community. This could be a hot take, but I love a rebrand. Like if you find that you don't love how you've been interacting with others and maybe that's how you've naturally been and you want to change that, it's okay to rebrand. You know, you're starting, you'll be starting vet school. However, you will need to get the letters of rec to check off that you have strong interpersonal relationships. But if you're like, I want to change some things up in the future, yeah, come in starting fresh and scaling back. But you have to do a lot of reflection on that or else the old behavior is going to come out. You can only like force yourself and white knuckle yourself so much. Okay, so let's try to give them some practical tips on ways that they can increase or improve their interpersonal relationships. And we'll give them something that they could do now, something they can do in a month, and something they can do in a year. So what do you think they could start doing like right now to improve them? Um, For sure, my biggest tip is in your classes, literally the simplest thing, go introduce yourself to the professor. Go shake your hand with the professor. My professor that I shook hands with my first day of freshman year was a professor that I TA'd for. She wrote my letter of rec. Who is it? Uh, Miss Amy Imler. We love Amy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's my, it could be very scary. Like I remember when I, it was my very first class in undergrad. It was Introduction to Animal Sciences. Uh, she was like an amazing professor and I was so nervous because I knew I was going to, I wanted to pursue vet med and my hand was sweating and I had to like wipe my hand right before I I shook my hand with her. But after that, like, honestly, like we've, we've built such a great relationship in terms of like a student professional, student professor relationship. And she taught me like a lot about interpersonal skills and how, when I was at her TA, how I had to, you know, change my, almost like adapt my teaching style to certain uh, students that learn different and unique manners. Can I ask you, after she wrote your letter of rec, did you follow up with an email thanking her? I did. I think the art of the follow-up, trademark, patent pending, no one steal this, is huge. That's a big piece, I think, for interpersonal relationships, that if you have a good interaction with someone, let them know it was a good interaction. If someone writes you a letter of rec, thank them. If you get an opportunity from somebody, if they pass along your name, Make sure you follow up because then it's like, wait a second, this person just has good social skills. That's literally all we've been talking about this entire time. Someone who has strong social skills, who's self-aware and can maintain a relationship. Aditi, what could they be doing within the next like month or so um, that may be a little bit more of a goal? We've talked a lot about self-awareness throughout this podcast, and this can be something now or in a month, whatever it may be to get you there. But doing something as simple as some introspection, thinking about yourself, what are your strengths, your weaknesses, how you can improve. Something as simple as taking a personality quiz. Um, Alex had us take one for congregators. I sure did. I don't remember what the website was. So it's the four tendencies. We're going to talk about it a lot this season, but about your habits and who you are as a person. Highly recommend. I'm a questioner. Didn't know I was a questioner until I took the quiz, but now I know that's something new about myself, and that's something that I will utilize moving forward. I think the great point about personality tests is it helps you learn more about yourself, but also can help you like project those findings onto others. So for example, Aditi is a questioner, which means she needs reasons and research as to why to do something. So if she's going to have a strong relationship with someone, she can communicate that to somebody else being like, I'll do it, but you've got to tell me why. And then if she 
if the person that she's in the relationship with needs something different, she can give that to them. But just knowing about different personalities and different strategies for each person can be super helpful. It's kind of like the love languages quiz. Have you guys taken that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you know what your love language is? Yes. What is it? Mine's quality time. Wait, are you feeling loved right now? Because this am. is this is hot. Very fi- love. Five star quality time. <laughs> Julian, is that yours too? Um, if I remember correctly, I think it was like a tie between like physical touch and um, uh, gift uh, giving and receiving giving? gifts. Yeah, yeah, low key, everyone. Most men, physical touch is their number one. That's fine. <laughs> um, mine is giving and receiving gifts is my number one, and that's another important thing to know. If I'm gonna have a relationship with someone. I need to tell them what I need and what I want and what makes me feel great. So it's really important that you have those communication skills and you can speak in I terms. What can they be doing a year from now? What's the long-term goal when it comes to interpersonal relationships? I think in the long-term, developing a very strong relationship with a mentor, whether it be in academia or in the vet clinic, these are the people who are going to be writing your letters of recommendation, and you want them to be strong outside of what you do within your job. Anyone can be decent at their job, but what do you bring beyond that? That's going to make you an important facet within the field of vet med. So, for example, I worked at a clinic. I've been there now almost three years at a small animal practice. By the time my doctor wrote my letter of rec, I had been there about a year and a half that I was developing that relationship with her. And when I went to work, I didn't just ask her questions about vet med. I asked her about her life. I asked her, how was her weekend? Um, What are your hobbies? What do you enjoy doing? These are people, too. And forming a bond with them that spans beyond just asking vet med questions is really what forms a stronger relationship, an interpersonal relationship that will carry over into a strong letter of recommendation. Is it Dr. Romy? It is. Class of 2017. We love her. I think that's a great gauge of how your interpersonal relationship skills are right now is ask yourself, do I have a mentor or do I have more than one mentor? And what does that relationship look like? You're so right. That's the long-term goal. That's the ultimate goal for this season, honestly, is the letters of rec getting a strong relationship with these people. And you've got to build the skills to approach them, to shake their hand, to talk to them, to follow up about their life, to send emails. It takes time and effort and intention to have these relationships, but they exist. Folks in positions like myself who are maybe in a more of a mentor position, we want to mentor students. We want to form connections with them. And we can see it. Like I can see it in their eyes. Like in undergrad, I can see someone. I'm like, they're going to be a great student and I want to work with that student. And I know that because they're asking great questions, they're involved, they're enthusiastic, they're positive. That makes me want to work with someone. Well, Julian and RT, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. We were doing like a little hangout and one of them was like, so when are we going to be on the podcast? I'm like, yeah, all right, let's do it. So I'm really glad we made this happen. Y'all gave great tips about interpersonal relationships. I think you have one of my favorite vet med relationships at the school. So it's lovely to have you in the booth. Shout out to class of 2026. (laughs) I'm Alex Avellino and we'll talk to you soon. You look panicked. I'm like a little stressed. Your face like shook like your dog. Uh-huh. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> okay. This is like really legit. I don't know what I was expecting. I don't un- understand. You've been listening to the show for, I assume, for years. Yes, but I guess I never like, I never this is like really fancy. Okay.